Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chuck. Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal. That would be the Metal Sucks Podcast. We post it every Monday at MetalSucks.net. You can also find us on... (laughs) Yeah, or Tuesday. uh, You know, it just depends. Somewhere close around there. Sorry Sorry about that, Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, and also, you can find us on iTunes and all that stuff. You can subscribe if you uh, just search Metal Sucks Podcast on iTunes. Leave us five stars. Tell us we suck and all that good stuff. Please, man. please. We haven't gotten a new review in a while. That'd be good. Uh, I, 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 I don't even look because I, I'm frightened. <laughs> I'm always I, I'm always frightened of criticism, man, and those things. Uh, no, not really anymore. I send I, you the good ones. I, I've got I've got pretty thick skin these days, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm really. Yeah. I actually do now. Yeah. I, I find I find some of the comments hilarious. Yes. So so yeah, it's actually a little more fun than it used to be. You feel more confident about the show and your. And actually, your... I don't fucking care. That's ah. like, <laughs> it's like ah, yeah. ah. Uh, you know, when I, when I feel a little more aloof, it's a it's a little bit better. You know, yeah, all the okay love you that. got on the cruise, you didn't. Oh no no, that's not what I mean. But never mind, you know what I mean. It, yeah, I, I yeah, it's good. You're it's good. All, life is good, man. Okay, it's good. All good. And this is going to be a good show. Uh, we we've got a couple of special guests in this episode. We're going to do a little, uh, let's say Valentine's thing day or Valentine's Day thing with um, with Doc Coyle. Yeah, this is everybody's reminder for your special someone. Go get them something now. Yeah, because after listening to the show, you know that's that happens. I guess it's this is our a, public service. It's almost a week away, or less than a week away. Yeah. So we're going to do a little Valentine's Day thing. Take a couple of speak pipe calls. Talk to a few listeners. Also, the inaugural segment of One Minute to Midnight. Ah, uh, it been, has arrived. You've been trying to do this forever. Oh man. my god, you've been trying to do this forever. So this is something that's actually been on our plate, and we've been working on it for a while, and. We're going to make it happen this time. And and I got to say, it's so cool when you get like something in your head and you imagine what it could be and then it happens and it's even better. See, that's that's every episode of this podcast for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst thing ever. And then it turns out better. And then it's okay. All right. Okay. All right. This is okay. All right. See, I had higher expectations (sighs) for one minute to midnight and we exceeded them. Actually, I would say so. I'm I'm pretty pretty proud of it. I totally delivers. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what we uh, decided to do and why we decided to do it here before we get into that segment. But we want to kick off the show with with a call off of our speak pipe. If you didn't know, uh, whenever we post up a, oh, you want to episode. say what songs we're playing real quick? I'm sorry. Um, well, we'll get to it. We're okay, going to play cool, a new one cool. from Cognizance. We're going to play one from Byzantine in this episode. Uh, but we do this thing uh, uh, called Speak Pipe. So if you wanted to put a message out to us, if you want to tell us something, or if you want to ask us a question or uh, give us a topic idea, you actually done really well in uh, giving us some topic starters on this uh, on this last couple weeks, which is pretty cool. So there have been a bunch that we couldn't get to because... Damn it! There's like a lot of good ones, yeah. Which is which is pretty good. So we wanted to go ahead and take one of those from uh, from Metal Matt. Hey, Chuck and Godless, this is Metal Matt talking to you from Montreal, Canada. 
I wanted to pose a question to you guys, uh, prompted by Machine Head's current tour, An Evening with Machine Head, in which they are just touring solo and doing a two-hour set. I attended their show in Montreal this past week on February 3rd, and it is exactly as it was described by the Metal Sucks review. It was amazing, and it was wonderful. I want to ask you guys if you think this kind of uh, event will become more common or should become more common. Um, it was really nice to get to go to a show and not have to wait around through three or four other bands I don't particularly like to see the one band I came to see that's playing a shorter set because they're touring with all these other bands. I got to see the band I love play a two-hour show, clean and cut. It was great. Do you think more bands will do this or should do this? Do you think financially it might make more sense uh, for a band to go out by themselves and play to a thousand people instead of going out with four other bands and playing in front of 3,000 people, financially, do you think they will make more money? Um, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear it. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. That's a good question. I saw that tour in Austin, and it was uh, it was pretty impressive to see a band that's able to actually pull that shit off and play for a couple of hours that, that you wouldn't, I guess you wouldn't normally think, because, I mean, if you think you think Iron Maiden, right, or you think uh, somebody that's huge, like it's got a back catalog of 30 years, right? Machine Head, yeah, that's twenty years, but you wouldn't like totally throw it out there. And go, yeah, I could spend two hours with Machine Head, but that actually it worked pretty well. Well, it helps when you know at least their most recent album, every song is ten minutes well, longer. You know, that, that, that is true. <laughs> Everything on the black and let's play Halo. That's fourteen minutes right there. <laughs> totally, like, son of a bitch. <laughs> we have to play for two and a half hours. Did Why? You feel so like you got one in there. If you were, all right, assuming that every promoter in Austin didn't love you so much that they let you in free to any show you want to go to. Well, but if, that's would you? Have felt like you got, would you have felt like you gotten your money, money uh, your money's worth? Um, well, the hard part was for the particular show that we that, that I attended. Uh, the difficult thing was was that they moved it from outside to inside in the venue, and it was like super packed. I mean, super packed. So that was kind and of a small a, venue to begin. Yeah, with. that was kind of disappointment, you know, uh, just because there was just not a lot of room. So that that was kind of a route thing. But that's more of a, you know, that, that's kind of a neither here nor there thing. I, I think that everybody got their money's worth because it was that good of a show. It really was. And I don't think a lot of bands can pull that off and do stuff because they were doing what was crazy is they actually did stuff that that I hated, like from their catalog stuff that I just didn't. Uh, uh, I wish you could forget some of those albums that they did uh, early on. And they were doing some of that stuff and people were just fucking screaming along the entire time. It was amazing. Like they people were really happy about that show. So it's I mean, better when that's a couple songs from a band that you're willing to give the benefit of the doubt to rather than like that entire third band out of five, you yeah, know, yeah. And where you got to sit through that for 40 minutes. Well, you say that too, but I mean, at the same time, I'm, I kind of like going to band. I see three or four different bands too. I don't have a problem watching opening bands. I think that's, that's a good way to kind of, get exposed to somebody that i may not have getting uh, gotten exposed to before and i like that sort of setup but but wouldn't you rather hear you know have a better chance of hearing that one deep track from album two from the band that you love well but i who do i the hard part for me is like who do i love anymore you know do i love Aww. a band enough to spend two and a half three hours you work? say that on near valentine's who do i, I know, don't know that i, I love know anybody i know enough. i know that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's a, i don't know if i have the love in my heart for a band the way that i used to you know it's i, I just don't know if i have it 
anymore, man. <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to. Maybe I'll write him a card or something. <laughs> but I mean, that, I don't know that that, that fandom, it's going to be hard for me to find a band. You know, you're wearing a carcass shirt. I yeah. could probably spend two and a half hours with carcass and just oh watch them in God, one night. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's a band that I, I feel that I could do that with. So, I mean, I mean the machine hit thing was really, it was cool. But they were not. I don't know. I don't know. I, and I think it's a good idea for them to do it. I think it's a good experiment. And I think it's actually cool that they're playing smaller rooms, doing sold out shows. It's more intimate. I think it's. A, I, I really like the model. You know. I think. Yeah. I, I think it's good for fans. And I think you know it's funny because like there's a a non metal band that I went to a few years ago and they did. They were the only band playing. They did three sets and each set was like seven or eight songs from each particular of their last three albums yeah. which i thought was a really cool way to do it too you're not getting the full album you know but i mean there's only like 10 songs who or 11 that? songs who, who did that oh quiet company and they're, oh, okay. they're fantastic but you know it's okay there's a punk band who did that on like uh that did that as well like over new year's eve they did like three different nights with three different albums that's awesome which i thought was a kind of a brilliant idea and i think i think all that is good as long as not everybody is doing it you know well i mean everybody's gonna sooner or later everybody's gonna have to try something different right you yeah. know or they want to try something new or, or yeah but because i think what'll happen and this is a real you know taking a real chance for not only the band but the promoters and the booking agent when a band goes out there and says you know if, if for example if cannibal corpse came out and said we're gonna do two and a half hour hours with cannibal corpse I don't know if I could spend. I mean, I love Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I could spend two and a half hours with Cannibal Corpse. And, and if they don't sell that out or they don't do really well the whole way down the line, then you know, all of a sudden now, Cannibal Corpse's value drops precipitously. But I think that's part of the. Uh, that's also part of the way that the Machine Head thing was structured. Is that let's not try to book four thousand seat venues. Right. Let's book five hundred seat venues. Let's book thousand seat venues. Let's do something that we know we can sell out. Right. Like there's no question about whether or not it's going to sell out. Let's pack the house with people that are diehard fans because they're going to buy their tickets early. They're going to be there early. They're going to buy merch. They're going to you know that. And I think that's actually the brilliant part of that is that you're you're guaranteeing that you're going to make money in that respect because you know that those people are going to buy your merch. You know that those people are going to come out for these tours because they are the one they're the diehard fans. And you can kind of trim it down a little bit. The one thing they didn't do and this was probably the com I got this comment from the people at the venue that they were working at or that they were playing at was that they didn't really trim down their set like as far as what they had on stage. I oh, mean production wise. Holy shit that drum kit was huge. Gotcha. I mean it was like wow. Yeah. So it it was pretty crazy as far as like the size uh, of what they had on stage, but I think for the show that you're talking about, they didn't have to bring a whole they didn't have to bring a fucking extra truck, you know what I'm saying? So like expense wise, I think they were still like what they would normally have if they were just touring as a as a sub band, you know. So I think I think they didn't like go out of pocket huge on something like that. So I mean, I think it's a I think it's a good model, but you have to be the right band for something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think most you know, there's a lot of bands who, who couldn't sell out a 500 seat theater. No, you know, know, like Cattle Decapitation drew like less than 100 people or something yeah. in L.A. on a on a on a uh, one night recently, and it was like, whoa, what? Come on, it's cattle decapitation. But you know, when it really comes down to why does a band like Machine Head or Cannibal Corpse or somebody like that take somebody else out on tour with them? They take them out because they think that some of their fans are going to go. You know, I'd go see them, but uh, I don't know if I care. You know, or is it to, see it again? Or is it but to be able when to say when they're playing with Behemoth? Then you go, 
oh, well, I can't miss that. The two of them together. Is and that the, what it is? And then or the opposite it, happens for Behemoth fans. Or is it a matter of like, okay, if we're going to charge $35 for a ticket for this, we need to have this kind of this kind of bill. Or is that is the is the reverse of that true since we have this kind of bill we have to pay we have to up the yeah. ticket price oh i think it's the opposite because i think, I think so. yeah because it's not about the 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 gross it's not about how much money you bring in it's how much you net and yeah. if you're giving all the money out to the other band then well, who cares how much particular you probably want a lower ticket price because yeah. you're going to get more people in the door based on the price i mean you would think right basically I'm, i mean i guess i mean but i think people also kind of look at that as value and go okay well if i'm paying 20 bucks and getting one band what the fuck? Or if I'm paying 20 bucks, I'm getting 10 bands. You know, I can go see Summer Slaughter tour for, for 35, 40 bucks or whatever. You yeah, know, you know but what Summer so, Slaughter had trouble selling tickets, too. Well, but I mean, well, it was still pretty packed up in there for that. Yeah. But but I mean, I think the I, I think there is some something to be said about having way too many bands opening for your main mainline act, though. That that does get a little rough. Yeah, there is some some nights you know here in Austin where it's like the headliner is going on and you know they're not going to hit the stage until twelve thirty. Oh, and it's like yeah. come. I gotta sit through eight bands for that. Well, just because you need to be in bed by nine yeah. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that everybody has to be in bed by nine. No, but everybody has Trust to be at work that. the next morning. A, a Tuesday show at at one a.m. is not something that I'm no. into anymore. No, uh, it, it. I wasn't I into can, it when I was eighteen. Say, I'm, I totally was into it when I was working in a restaurant. It was uh, it was great when I was a cook. Yeah, when my weekends when my weekends were busy and I was always off during the week, it was like yeah, that was. That was a great way to live. I think that I think I'd like to see more bands try it because I think that it's a cool thing. I think it's like one of those things where a band goes out on tour if they're able to sell, and we're gonna you know like when we saw um oh who was it on the seventy thousand amorphous we're like we're gonna do oh, one yeah, set yeah, yeah. of what regular and then we're gonna do another set and we're and gonna do the full, full album. album yeah which was awesome and now I'm listening to a lot more amorphous by the way yeah. after that performance it's good um, shit right yeah. yeah and so uh, uh but then. Like so, that's one way to sell yourself. Go like, oh, we're touring our album, yeah. so therefore people come out because that's special. And then there's another way you go. Well, we're touring with so and so. That makes it special. Yeah, you know. But you, another way to do it is a night with, and I think that's kind of cool too. And I don't think it needs to be a band with a 20 year career either. If you've got three albums, give it a shot. If your fans yeah, are, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think there has to be. There's got to be at least uh, a nice bevy of hits in there, or else you've got a problem. No, it does. You just need. A, like dedicated fans between the buried and me i got how many albums uh oh shit put me on the spot thanks dude um, yeah i know but not that many but their fans are so into it if it were a night with between the buried and me alaska colors uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but Do, no but people would show up no man. But, but between the buried and me though i would say is is one of those that's a good example of why that would work because they actually do have a career that's 15 years long uh, maybe a little bit plus, but they uh, they have a number of hits from their first record all the way on to what's going on right now. So, I mean, that makes sense for something like that. And also, they're a band that said that they're not going to play any of their old shit on their right. regular tours. Right. So then if you do like an off tour like that and you play all your old shit when you're not doing like a regular album cycle, then you've sort of won because you could do both. Mm-hmm. You can actually have your cake and eat it too because you can play that old shit and put it out there and and play for the fans but then also when you're touring an album cycle, then you can do the the new shit, the Iron Maiden model. It was interesting that what something that John Paul said when we talked to him from Clutch. He was like, "Yeah, we you know we had toured and we toured extensively, and the record label said we can't do a new album, and the booking agent said you can't tour without a new album. Yeah, and so we were stuck. And it's like it's really interesting that if they had gone out and said we're going to do the self titled album, 
that could have been another tour because you think about it like yeah. like like for example oh you know any band comes around if they come around more than once a year i'm probably going to come up with a pretty good excuse not to go see them a second time <laughs> it depends on what band for me yeah but i mean mo- it for really the most depends part, on what band for the most part i'm gonna go know. you know what i've heard them know. play those songs I, I think i'm good but like but like if a band comes around and the first time they do a regular thing and then the second time they announce we're doing something special yeah, I gotta go yeah, to that. Yeah, no, I gotta true, go to that. True. And no. now you sold me twice instead of sold me selling me once. Yeah, no, I could see that as well. I mean, it, because if you know you're gonna get something different, if you know that you're gonna go to the show and it's gonna be the same thing again, yeah. why, why bother to go uh, see it? What well, you yeah. know, go to her and Skeleton, which you're doing a tour together real soon, right? It's yeah. like I'm gonna go to see that because it's the two of them together. But either one of those sets are gonna be very similar to what they were the last time I saw Go Horror and the last time I saw Skeleton Witch. And and those bands are great, but it's sort of like, am but I going to go see Skeleton Witch again to yeah. see hear the same songs again, the same way again? Yeah, Probably am. not. I am. Well, you are, but it's not. There aren't enough of you to fill a five hundred seat theater. But, but that's sort of the point. Is that is that maybe you don't need to sit and fill because I watched Godor play for fifty people on a Wednesday night when they were routing back home, right? Yeah, and it was one of the best fucking shows I've ever seen them play. It was amazing. Totally. It, it just it, it just worked. It worked. Like, and I think those kinds of things are. Yeah, it's kind of a chance, but at the same time, you may not make as much money if you weren't trying to big balls out tour. But I think it, the smaller room thing, I think, is very important. And I think a lot of bands are re-identifying with the idea that we can have this kind of cool show and get this vibe back. They're 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 forgetting. I think when you get to a certain point, you start to forget how much you really feed off that off that input from your audience, right? You, you've got a barricade in front of you. You got media in front of you. You got guards in front of you. You got, and then there's the crowd. They're out here. They're out there. It's all, it's out there. You go backstage when you're done. It's all good. When you're in that situation and you're that dude in a 500 seat venue and then you go out to the merch table after it's all over and you're talking to people after it's all done, you forget what that's like about connect, that connection. You feed off those people because that's, I think that's really important for bands that are on that level that have been playing big stages to go, Oh fuck yeah! This is what it's all about. It's but it's a psychic up, vampire thing. You know? but, it's like, it, oh. but it's up to every band to try to figure out a way to make every tour you do interesting to your fans every single time. And every single band is going to be different. Sometimes and, you, know, you know when they're not always going to work for if everybody. Skeleton Witch is on tour with Enslaved and Amon Amarth. It's like okay, you know, it's going to be Skeleton Witch, and and that, there's nothing special there. It's nothing. It's just hey, I'm going to go see that because yeah. I got to see the other bands too. Well, my thing was and. and Dude. But how cool would it be if I could get like all my family for Christmas this year T-shirts that said "An Evening with Goat Whore"? <laughs> you know, I mean, how how awesome is that? True. Picture picture of Sammy, <laughs> picture of Sammy in black and white on the front. Oh yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Here, maybe maybe Ben Fogu's just flipping you off on the front of it. Yeah, doing a Johnny Cash pose. Here you go, Grandma. That'd be pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> All right, let's get into our uh, one minute to midnight. Now, now the whole impetus behind this is that they're the okay. A lot of people talk industry stuff, right? And how <laughs> the music industry hates unsigned bands, or it's hard to break through the the whole thing. It's so hard to get to. But what I was what I was thinking about in my head after we did this segment with with y'all is that there are so many so many people out there like us like uh, the people at metal sucks like the, like the people that work in radio the people that work in zines and decibel that are really Fox. that really want to help out unsigned bands like however we can i mean sometimes it's cannon fodder but at the same time there's a lot of people out there trying to offer advice trying to uh, trying to 
you know, put their two cents in and actually do something for people that are trying to make music every day. Right. And this is one of the ways that we are doing it. Cause I was reading in decibel. I was, they've got a whole section, uh, devoted to like uh, reviewing stuff that's in the bin, you know, that's unsigned, you know, unsigned and unholy is something that, uh, that, uh, that, that done on the website. There's an, you know what I mean? So there's like a bunch of different ways for unsigned bands to get out there. We wanted to incorporate that into this show, but it was just like, how the fuck do we do it? Right. Your idea. Thank you. Yeah. So this is uh, your idea, and uh, I, I think it's uh, pretty brilliant. It's Thank called you. One Minute to Midnight on the Metal Sucks Podcast. A band has one minute or less to make a lasting impression on a label, producer, or fans. One minute, one minute. to be weighed and measured. 60 seconds. One minute to midnight. All right, so welcome to our inaugural One Minute to Midnight the idea oh i should say that the, like we've got the most awesome dude ever who's gonna be working with us on these one minute to midnights we got al levy levy right who's like the most yep. awesome producer guitarist entrepreneur uh does all the boot camps and stuff like that. he knows more about metal than anybody and so we got i won't go that far oh come on <laughs> name two people in 60 seconds or less who know more than you do but he, you, you pu- you're pulling apart music all the time. People are constantly coming up to you and going, hey, man, check me out because I think I'm special. And you have got like the toughest job ever because you got to, you know, tell everybody why they're not as special as they think they are. I wouldn't say it's that tough of a job. I actually think that you're doing people a really good service by telling them the truth because, let's face it, their friends aren't going to do it. Their girlfriends aren't going to do it. Uh, you know, someone has to tell these people where they need to improve or else, you know, you know, they could spend years just going in circles because let's face it, man, uh, the people they know personally are not going to be honest with them. Do you find that like across the board? I, I think with my friends, I can go, OK, guys, here's what I think and kind of give them a little constructive criticism. But no, no, no I, you yeah. can't. No, no, you're too popular. All right, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I think it's across. I think it's across the board. Uh, it's. I think it's just human nature. Uh, people, people don't like to offend other people. I think if you have a friend who has no filter and is just happy telling you his brutal opinion, then your friend's probably an oddball. That's why I keep godless around. (laughs) (laughs) And and why I don't have any friends. (laughs) All right, so we're going to do two at a time. We're going to start with our very, very first one. This is an act called Vic Viper, V-Y-C. Something like that. V-Y-P-R. What we'll do is uh, 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 I'll I'll tweet out like their band camp page or whatever when I find it. Like, so you can find it at Godless Speaks. That's what I'll do. And also, this is uh, just FYI. These are submitted to Metal Sucks. These are bands that actually submitted uh as part of this to uh get this kind of criticism from from me all as well as uh us a little bit i'll Just be a little bit i'll be the nice guy yeah because okay, you I'm can't be, nice be anything but so uh, this is a uh, this is a band with way too many consonants in their name i don't Vic, uh, it's, v- it's Vic viper y c v y p y r is the uh name of the band and let's see the song is called is it a hero's grave
A Hero's Grave is the song from, what is it, uh, Vic Viper? Vic Viper, that's how I'm pronouncing it. Hey, what do you think? I hope these guys are above the age of 40 or 45. By the look of their logo, they're definitely above the age of 40, I would say. (laughs) Okay, so if this is like a throwback kind of thing, then cool. You know, they're nailing that that late 80s kind of thrash thing pretty well with the air raid siren vocals they're doing a good job of it it's well arranged it's decently played vocalist isn't offensively out of tune or anything like that they actually put a lead guitar in the chorus that didn't totally drown out the vocals so i'd say that i can kind of tell that these guys aren't newbies they're not 18 year olds who can't play who are trying to do the retro thrash thing uh I mean, the, these guys can obviously play. I just think that stylistically, if they want to do that for fun, cool. But I don't really know that there's much of uh, really a market for this kind of stuff besides really tiny niche festivals and bands that are already super huge. So, you know, that, all I can say is, you know, good job. It sounds like they enjoy what they're doing, but I wouldn't really take this style of metal seriously for a career or anything. Unless they were trying to figure out if they could figure out a way to do something new with it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. If The way that it would have to work is, A, they would have to luck into being the one legit band that brought it back that somehow was approved of by younger generations. Uh, kind of like... Uh, you know, Cannibal Corpse didn't go anywhere, but let's just say that for like old school death metal, Cannibal Corpse is the one band that somehow crossed over into modern metal's mainstream, which is really, really crazy if you think about it. They have a very young audience, and actually Slayer has pulled the same thing, the same card. Now, I know I'm talking about classic bands but um, i'm bringing up really extreme examples that prove the point it's easy to understand if you bring up a big exam like big bands as an example because everybody knows the story so i think if somehow this band was to get accepted as a legit uh you know legit ambassador for their genre and that genre also happened to magically get big again then that's the shot, but you know that's neither here nor there. And then the other thing is if they develop some sort of gimmick like that Nintendo band did a few years ago, or you know have a giant cartoon playing behind them, or dress up like pirates and somehow people like it, something like that. But if it's just a bunch of dudes in flame shirts, flame button up shirts, and pleather pants, it's probably not going to work. Got it. So I should get rid of my flame shirt? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, Damn. Oh, tell you what. Kick ass. Well, now, it's. I mean, it's also one of those, I, this seems to be all, kind of a European thing, too. You know, we've yeah. experienced a lot of, uh, you know, power metal that seems to be overseas, and that seems to be another thing. There's not as much in the States, though. I mean, is that... It's that. And, Is it a different market? But also think about all the bands that we saw on the on the seventy thousand tons of metal crews. They're all forty or older, yeah, but true. they were but yeah, they were popular twenty years ago. Yeah, that's true. That, that's that's why I was asking about the age thing. Um, it's one of those age-appropriate genres, and yes, this style of music is definitely bigger in Europe. But I will say that having been to Europe on tour many times and spending time over there it's not that much bigger it's not like thrash like late 80s thrash with melodic vocals is 
as big as Deathcore was a couple of years ago or something like that. It's not that big. It's still a very niche thing, but it gets a little more respect than it does over here. Right. Okay, so the second band that we're going to pull out is... Wait, we, we probably shouldn't proceed, proceed it too much. We don't want to poison the well, right? Well, I, I don't want to proceed it too much, but I want to, I was just going to say that it's probably a little bit more up... Uh, up my alley? Well, no. Well, everybody's alley, for that matter. Yeah. A little, a little less... Mm. All right. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. The, these guys are called Final Drive. Okay. And if nothing else, it ends with this is the end. So, I mean, uh, it, it fits there. I in always the 60 think. Seconds. Okay. Um, well, these guys is definitely way more, way more appropriate for nowadays. And uh, I actually went and looked at what they look like. And it's exactly what I would have expected, which is middle 20s to early 30s bearded dudes looking kind of rough um i think that the song i don't i don't know if the song is longer than a minute or not but uh i think that i think that they change tempos well not tempos they change feels really well and they coordinate vocals versus riffs very very well it's well arranged um it's not like I guess in some bands you sometimes get where you, you know it doesn't sound like they wrote it thinking about other people's parts like you know guitar player not thinking about vocals vocalist not paying attention to what's going on with the guitarist this sounds to me like either the one guy who wrote it or the band writing together actually was thinking about the entire arrangement which is really really cool now the one thing though that I would say as a fan of song songs is that uh, I would take their skills and try to do something a little catchier with it. And I don't, I don't mean write sellout music or anything like that. No reason to do that. But I just think that these guys have some talent and it would be cool to see them channel it into songs, you know, not just metal, uh, metal stream of consciousness, metal, if that makes sense. Um, I think that a lot of heavy music goes off on the stream of consciousness thing and, you know, riff after riff after riff after riff without going back to anything. And I think that there's a reason for why people look back on the classics as being classics. If you look at uh, older metal that people still remember to this day, generally it's song-oriented stuff. So, you know, 
these guys have some skill. They've got some talent. I would recommend writing some songs. Now, as far as the, the what I wanted to pick on a little bit was uh, some of the production quality of, of, of this one in particular, because I, can, I agree with you. I think you can hear some potential. They've got a few hooks in here that that, that they're driving toward, and it's got it's got that, but then I hear... I hear some flatness in the drums as far as there's it just some of that stuff doesn't feel that responsive. Is there something they can do in that respect that might help some of that production wise? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about the production of this is that I don't really think this is a production and that's probably why it's bugging you. Sounds to me like this was just recorded on one of their computers. I don't think those are real drums and it just doesn't sound like it was really mixed or anything. And uh, I just think it's a writing demo. At least I hope it's just a writing demo because, it, you know, the the playing by production standards is kind of sloppy and the samples are all wrong on the drums. It's just not mixed well at all. So, you know, like I said, like I said with the last band, hoping that they were above the age of 40, I hope that this is just a writing demo that they submitted because production-wise, you know, they, they got ripped off if, uh, you know, if this was supposed to be the real thing. And uh, They didn't call you. Uh, there's plenty of dudes that are better than me, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not even suggesting calling me or anything. I'm just uh, suggesting that, you know, these guys do have some cool riffs. Like, I can tell that this would be slamming if it was produced properly, but it just isn't. And I also realized the SoundCloud tends to butcher the quality of audio that's uploaded to it. I'm fully aware of that. But, like, you know, you can hear at the beginning, at the very, very beginning, when it's just one guitar and drums before it all kicks in, you know, you can hear that it's a little sloppy and stuff. So they just need to be working with somebody who's going to be more of a taskmaster and hold them to a higher standard recording-wise. And if they want to be taken seriously, that's going to be very important because the um, that age-old cliche about A&R guys uh, being able to hear past bad recording quality, that, you know, those days are over. Those days are long gone. You know, those were, that was okay when people couldn't record themselves. But now that it's such a normal thing, uh, that doesn't fly anymore. You got to have a good recording to be taken seriously. Yeah. And they're, you're seeing more of uh, the bands that are, that are quite a bit, quite a bit more polished actually getting to that next level instead of, instead of submitting a, a rough demo. And, and getting in there, and then they're going to polish it. They want they want a much more fine tuned product than they did before. What A and R guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just the bar is pretty high as far as that goes these days. It's it is what it is. If if most people, you know, high school bands and bands who can't afford producers can do decent sounding stuff with a little effort and very little money, then there's no excuse for submitting something that sounds like that. It, it, there just isn't because you're it, whether or not people would like to be able to hear past the recording quality if everything or the majority of things that they're hearing are of decent recording quality then their brain will automatically shut off if something is coming in below the bar you know it's not it's not anybody's fault it's just when you hear things that are below the standard you 
you're not going to give them as much of a chance. And it also reflects on the band. These days when records don't sell as well and labels need to really make sure that they're making a really good investment in a band, if they hear a band that doesn't have the follow-through or the work ethic to get a proper recording, if they don't have the work ethic to save the money, get it done, do it right, then that that bodes not too well for their investment in the band. So uh, I recommend getting a better recording. Well, if you're driving on the Golden Gate Bridge right now, the bands that are about to jump off the side are <laughs> Vic Viper and Final Drive. No, they don't. They shouldn't jump off. I definitely don't think they should jump off. I think I think that as far as Final Drive goes, if they were to invest in a real recording, it could sound pretty damn slamming. Like that's uh. And so I definitely do see the potential there. A.L. Levy, yeah, you're, gonna, you're doing workshops end of March, March 20th through 22nd. You're going to teach people how to do this right. Boot camps, yeah. We're doing recording boot camps March 20th through the 22nd at my studio in Orlando. Myself, Joey Sturges, Keith Merrow, and Alex Rudinger will be showing people how to record for real over the course of 40 hours. So And, and yeah, yeah. how do they register for that? UnstoppableRecordingMachine.com. It's got PayPal sign-up, and um, you know, info is up there. And you can find me online as well, you know, on social media, and ask questions about it. But yeah, they're called the Unstoppable Recording Machine Recording Boot Camps. A.L. Levy, thank you very much. Great, great, we appreciate uh, appreciate your taking. Uh, well, one minute times two. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
That song debuted on Metal Sucks this week. Byzantine's brand new one right there called A Curious Lot. I'm interested to hear what the rest of that sounds like, dude. I'm glad we put the headphones on and listened to it because it sounds completely different with the headphones on, like nice and deep and Both those thick. songs, too. Uh, Cognizance was the uh, other one. And I, I, I pulled that one out because uh, y'all did some work on on that one as well. And uh, and also uh, Rudy Rudinger uh, is the drummer for that uh, band out of uh, the UK. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there. Mm, yes, me like it. <laughs> Super clean. You know, it's like you can hear all the stuff that I all was talking about. And how he does it versus yeah. you know the other candidates. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Final Drive band. I think they're great, and it's like so. It was really interesting to hear what uh, you know his you know whole take on on their approaches. You know, yeah. it's really kind of kind of kind of cool. Well, and two, you know, hearing getting a producer to to, to see where you are uh, as far as what you're recording and what it sounds like where you are, kind of get. You, you, it's all about status, you know, like knowing where the band is and what you need to do next and yeah and yeah, yeah no very good that's the whole reason behind uh one minute to midnight is to you know offer that kind of advice that and expose all of our you know our thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners to some bands that they are, are gonna dig you never know you, yeah you know they might like them or they might hate them who knows you never know yeah you know, we could we could ruin people's careers too at the same time yeah <sighs> Uh, you know <laughs> maybe what's funny is is that there's got to be some of that right you, you gotta have a you gotta have a few of those that are like oh my god because <laughs> i they, don't think so i think well i mean that's I, like that tired christian argument that like shit happens and so you appreciate the good stuff yeah. i was thinking about that the other day you know i've had a pretty good life i haven't had too much shit happen and i think i appreciate it very fine thank you very much don't need any shit no, I've had a lot of shit in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had a ton of shit in my life. So, it makes me appreciate every little aspect of everything all the time. Well, yeah, but it also makes you grump out every once in a while, too. Well, yeah, yeah. I am pretty fucking grumpy a lot of time. <laughs> I must admit that. Uh, no, what are you talking about, dude? I'm not grumpy. I'm just fucking anxious. It makes, it makes me grumpy. I'm always anxious. I, God damn. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think about that sometimes like, wow. I I stress out way too much about things. I need to in a world where one man is too stressed for his own good, his heart explodes with love for metal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> see, I'm working on. It's my next career, dude. I'm, t- I'm totally going down that path next. Oh uh, well, see, we want to take another call because um, this was a good one because we want to relate this back to love. It's for Valentine's Day, right? So, I mean, we're going to talk to Doc, uh, you know, get a little Valentine's advice on uh, <laughs> misogyny here in a little bit, <laughs> and he's going to reject our sickness about Steel Panther. But first, let's do one new speak pipe call. Hey, what's up? This is Brandon from Erie, PA. Just wanted to say I really appreciate your show. I think you guys are hilarious, and I look forward to it every week. Aww. Uh, my question is, have you guys ever dated a girl who was firmly opposed to metal? Um, as far as wearing black t-shirts, um, all the metal merch you have, listening to metal in her presence um, of any kind. And uh, if so, what would you do about this? You know, Because, I mean, I listen to it whenever I'm alone or when I'm at work, but when we're together, it's usually just you know her kind of trendy hipster indie art rock stuff that we can agree on like beach house and the arcade fire she doesn't really let me listen to the stuff that i like you know like uh flesh god apocalypse or cannibal corpse or you know anything actually so what would you guys do thanks 
good question, actually. That's a very, very, very good question because um, and I gotta say that that was like the perfect uh, speak pipe call. It had the two elements, had the, all three elements, right? Uh, number one, it had a really good question. Yeah. Number two, he began by kissing our asses, okay. which is yeah, always that, that, effective. That does help. It does yeah. help. And number three, there was the bubbling of a bong somewhere in there. I thought I heard it. <laughs> I thought you listened a little too close there, man. That's the girlfriend. We can't agree on metal, but we can agree on weed. Um. Okay. So, have, oh, dating metalheads. Well, man. he says, what would you do? And it's sort of like, no, it's not even that question. It's about what have you done? Because we well, both have already been through this and that's actually the that that's the kind of interesting part we talked about it a little bit before we started recording and it's like well so i don't know what i would do now because i've already done no i've already done my penance i already did the dating that's already done in my life right i'm married i've been married for a long time but i can tell you where i stand is pretty fucking awesome right you know so i'm pretty happy where i'm at and and the way things are and i did not marry a metalhead chick i will tell you that not at all not in any way shape or form not no doesn't have a tattoo has just a single ear piercing in each ear and that's it you know none of that so if you look at me and i'm i'm tattooed up i'm pierced i've I've got big old beard you know we don't match at all not not even close to it she loves you and i love her and the thing is is that it really works out because we do not cross paths in this respect and I think it's one of the best things you could possibly do is to have something be interested in something completely different than your partner, because it, and, and it can be as core as metal is to my being and what I do in my life and my career, for that matter. You know, it's it's a it's a big part of my life. I, I did, She doesn't even have a part of that. But what's great is, is that she lets me do whatever I want to do. Like it's one doesn't give me shit about anything. So the point is, is that it's not about her liking what I'm what I like at the same time. It's more about, okay, we're just going to go go our separate ways and you can do what you want to do. Because where I've had problems in the past is that we're interested in the same things. So now we're always together. We're always going to a show together. We're always going to this together. We're always together here and there's always in there and never have any time for me to get my psyche together on my own. This is my uh. own thing and I never have any time to myself and I need that time. Like as a, as a human being, if I don't have a little bit of me time, then I'm going to fucking explode. I, I, I mean, I can't take it. No matter who you're with. Doesn't matter. Got to have a little. I mean, I almost killed you on the cruise. Yeah, no. several times. <laughs> but I mean, it's about it's about having a little bit of time. To just kind of organize your thoughts and put yourself together. And for me, a lot of time that's going to a live show and hanging out with a different crowd. You know, and, and you do that like multiple times a week. I do. I go out a lot. And, and you know, and, and for somebody who's been married with a kid and all that stuff. I can say she lets me go and do that stuff because that's something that a lot of a lot of couples have a lot of trouble with is the you know jealousy factor or whatever and you know it also comes in really handy having a kid in that situation and not being interested in the same things because you don't have to find a babysitter yeah cuz she can go and go off and do her own thing I got the kid and vice versa you know so it sort of works out so we kind of hand things off and I, and that sort of uh, duality works works really well in a relationship. So, I don't know. Maybe you need I to got, go ahead and nurture that dude. And see, I got a similar thing. And and going back to where uh, our caller was in the history of his relationship, like I totally bait and switched my wife. She thought that she was getting 
you know, a straight and narrow listening to that's why you wear the Cocteau twins yeah. you know that's why you wear the button ups, yeah man. totally and and then you know I, I what i would do is i would slowly drop these little things in I'll, i will admit when we were dating i took her to a clutch show mm-hmm. because clutch was that's like a, it's a rock yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah uh, and i took her to a death metal show that she fell asleep at <laughs> and and she was not into it at all so i knew okay i gotta pull that back a little yeah, bit yeah. until we're hitched and then um uh, but yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like, but I would slowly slide things in like, oh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I like porn. Uh, I like mixed martial arts. I, I, you know, and metal, you know, it's just like all that stuff would slide in, you know, and and before she knew it, you know, I had already somehow convinced her to stick around and, and that stuff wasn't a real detriment. So, but it, it worked out so much better than I think trying to it's so hard to find somebody who works for you in a relationship it really is right it's so hard and so what the hell am i gonna do i can't present who i really am that makes it so much harder but see to me that that's exactly what you need to do and and, and, you know brandon i mean the thing about him is is that 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 you got to be who you're gonna be now if she's not into metal so be it right that, that doesn't matter but you cannot it, it, she can't hold you back that that's the one thing that you can't do like if, if you if she doesn't like and metal, vice versa yeah no exactly i mean if she wants to like some shitty fucking indie band so be it except for mumford and sons that's a deal breaker okay that is kind of a deal breaker you know that but that's a, that's a mandolin thing uh it's uh i don't know I mean, it's a song thing it's a it's a oh my I god be, I be. uh anyway. don't do that no you know what <laughs> that's a deal breaker uh, it's a podcast over i <laughs> uh, can do no more of this crap but you can i mean you have to be able to tolerate whatever she likes and vice versa so she can't give you shit like if you're wearing a cannibal corpse shirt and you're going out together uh she can't go like hey i mean unless you're going to church and wearing a butcher to bird shirt then maybe but actually if you did that'd be pretty awesome that would be pretty awesome so the the thing is i think that it's the best part of my relationship personally and that's really where i can speak from is what what i'm in is that i where there is no jealousy in our relationship whatsoever she's not jealous of my music she's not jealous of my going to live shows not jealous of the time that i have we each have our own thing and i'm not jealous of what she's got you know what i'm saying we don't not not at all like that's oh, the I, man i got a totally different thing going on the most important thing is to just not envy what what the other has you know and, i try to and, inspire small amounts of innocent jealousy in my life <laughs> You know, it doesn't work. Yeah, no, it, it does, does it dude. Does, it does not work. It, for no, me. This is what happened every time we got a, a a couple friend that split, like they get a divorce or they're separated. Like, like I'll go out for beers with the dude, and no matter what he tells me is the reason that they split. I'll come back more and be like, so why are they splitting? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like. He's not getting enough sex. That's what he says. <laughs> and I'm telling right. me, I'm telling you, that works every time, man. I'm getting laid when that happens. Nah, see, I'm good enough. I'm good on that respect anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all good. That, uh, that was like a stipulation going into it. Dude, but. I've had my, the, the whole foundation of my marriage is fooling my wife. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep this up for the rest of my life somehow. See, I started when when I started dating my wife, it was literally 
I'm so done with dating. Like I was done. And I was like, I don't want to do this with anybody anymore. So I'm just going to tell the fucking truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Like everything brutal. I was like porn, like put it, I'm going to put it all out there and see what happens. And this chick actually was totally into it, man. That's a, that's a, well, she is a special lady. And that's why, you know, that that's the kind of thing you got to look for, Brandon. I mean, if you, if you got somebody who they don't have to like everything you like, but they got to accept everything that you are. That's true. Yeah. and that's that's the whole point is that I, I could give a fuck if if they love metal or not. That doesn't matter. It's a, they just have to let you be who you are. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you know, that's, it's that whole thing when you get together with a chick who wants to change you. If, oh, if you can God. start there, done that. No, if you can start by putting up a facade that you are about as perfect <laughs> as can be and you can devolve from that. And all of her, all she's trying to do is try to change you back to the way you used back. to be. Yeah. That's that's not bad. Yeah. That's it. It's just a, a struggle. Yeah, then, you wind struggle. Up, then you wind up in an intervention and that's no fun. <laughs> uh, you, what you have done has affected me in the following ways. No. I probably have given the most awful advice. Yeah, ever. I don't know, man. Well, hopefully do. It we, works for me. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, you give a little bit of insight there man i don't know if that any of that works but uh we could, let's talk to doc coil and see if he can give us more advice communication is key though oh true i know we could just do a, talk. let's do a, let's do a relationship show <laughs> we could do a whole show on nothing but relationships <laughs> why because mine works Remember when we talked to Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest, and yeah. I was like, "So, what does your girlfriend think of the Steel Panther songs on your iPod?" And he cracked up because apparently she deleted them from his iPod, Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we uh, we talked to Doc Coyle about Steel Panther because you know uh, I think we have a split decision as far as what we think sometimes, and uh, and what the message is. We figured it might be appropriate for Valentine's Day for Doc to reject our sickness. <laughs> We talked about it in a previous episode about a band called Steel Panther. And um, we have mixed feelings on uh, the Metal Sucks podcast side. Uh, I do. And so does. I don't think Godless is very mixed. But but Doc, you, you, you're not mixed at all, are you? I love them. I love them so much in and around my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what now? What what makes them? What makes them so good in and around your mouth? Well, you know, kind of hearkening back, you know, to I think what we were talking about last time is that, you know, there's nothing worse than anyone taking themselves too seriously, but especially metalheads, because there are so much about it that is inherently ridiculous. And I think which makes it kind of primed to be kind of made fun of, you know, and especially I think the thing about Steel Panther is that, you know, they're, they're making fun, you know, in, in a way it's kind of like, you know, that kind of spinal tap thing because of the era in particular, the eighties, which was so larger than life. And so, you know, at the time the music was so big and in, in some sense, just, you know, turn on, you know, like, you know, VH1 metal mania, you don't even have to make fun of it. It literally, <laughs> yeah. you, like, you can't tell where the, where the parody begins and the real life ends. Right. You know, it's so it's so ridiculous. You know, so it's not hard, <laughs> you know, to make fun of it. But the thing I think it's great about them is they actually are fans of that music. They do love it, even though they think it's silly, which I think is great. That's like to have that much levity, you know, and kind of uh, being able to. Uh, just 
understand what objective reality is. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Western uh, decline of Western civilization oh, part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, where, which is the inherent, I think, flaw of the people in that movie is an inability to um, to have any self awareness at all. There's no perspective. Yeah, be able to just, but just it's like they're completely unaware of how the world is actually viewing them. There's so much in this that bubble of of whatever a glam era eight 1980s LA was, you know, which I, you know, fucking, I don't have a DeLorean, you know, it goes to 80, <laughs> you know, it goes to 85. So I'll never know what it was like to live in that, but it's, it's fucking crazy. And I think the fact that those guys who actually were in it, and I, like I said, and they legitimately are fans of, of, of that music, but they also understand kind of how ridiculous it is. You know, I think, uh, yeah. And they're just, I think no, my, I, my you, part of my objection to steel Panther is that in the eighties, there there was so much misogyny in the music because of the time and 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 all that sort of stuff it used to drive me nuts back then because i'd be like oh why are all these girls into this because these guys are 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 gross you know but that wasn't the thing it wasn't there was no like you're saying no sort of self-awareness but my issue with steel panther now is that everything seems to be made fun of but it seems like they're still they still have the same target. The the female is still the target of the humor. And and I think that that's it's kind of too bad. I wish that that part of the joke uh, uh, wasn't there. It, instead, it, it's like it's they're just reusing that same joke, only amping it up higher. I, I listen. I get it. You can you can almost make the same parallel between um, glam. And their kind of misogyny or um, objectification of women and, and draw a direct comparison to like gangster rap and hip hop and how like, you know, and w- which hip hop, I think, took it up to the next level, you know, where it's like, you know, what I'm saying yeah. I'll beat that bitch with my dick. You know what I'm saying that, you know, these bitches up a dick on, a, on whatever. It's just like they got it so over the top. Um, and but the thing that's there's also another parallel there, too, where. What was the thing about the '80s was with those bands is that girls really liked it, <laughs> you know. That was the thing. Girls actually went to the sh- went to the shows and they they bought the records and they were the ones that were being groupies. And the same thing with hip hop is girls like it, so it's like this kind of um, ironic thing where they're the ones being kind of objectified or they're the ones maybe being um, you know put in this in this um, poor poor light, and yet they're the ones also consuming it. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, listen, you, are you going to try and be the quote unquote, the white knight and rescue all the women that are not asking to be rescued or just let the kind of market not play the out? first time I've been accused of that on this program, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, don't listen. I think it's in some sense, it's people. It can be kind of offensive to be uh, someone trying to come to your honor when no one's asking you to, you know, Absolutely. and I. And I, and, but that's sort of my thing here is that I, I just don't get why this is being celebrated. Well, I don't think it's a matter of self. Like to me, I'm kind of in the middle on, on Steel Panther. I, I get the, I get the joke. I think it's funny. I think it's interesting. I, I think it's not, 
it's not as funny to me because having gone through the poison era and gone, yeah, this was the best shit ever. And like, uh, I saw them with Tesla opening. I'll give you an idea. So it's like, uh, I don't want to fall. I'm not going to fall for this joke again, but I think as far as the misogyny thing is going, it's that they're taking it over the top because that's what was done. Then it was all the veiled references that guns and roses used to make all the veiled references that, that, you know, talk dirty to me, all those things that were made clean for us. They just take it and say, by the way, suck my dick. Here's a glory hole. Bam. You know, like they're just putting it out there and lampooning it. It makes it so over the top that it kind of puts it, puts it, outside the realm of but I don't criticism. Think, I don't think me. it does. I think that, that Doc's point about uh, gangster rap exemplifies it exactly. They're not doing anything different that gangster rap has done already. And you can't accuse that of being so over the top that they're trying to lampoon So it. is it just, you're saying it's just more desensitizing? It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just more... Desensitization to the audience. Like they're just, we're getting used to seeing it and hearing it. It's one more and, thing. And I don't know about desensitization as much as it's just more bad form I, I don't know how else to put it can, and, I, and, can, can I cut in real yeah quick? please yeah. Um, to me you guys taking this seriously is like people really thinking Stephen Colbert is a Republican <laughs> like you're seriously taking the shit way too seriously like and because you've never seen a, a, a show that's true by, by, by them I would emphasize fun even over funny their shows are so much fun um and what you don't probably you don't uh get from just listening to the records without seeing them live is they make fun of themselves and they uh deprecate the other guys in a, in the band and put each other down just, you know they never you know i don't even think they really put girls down it's just they kind of just play to this um stereotype of the like groupy era you know which is like and the, and the whole idea of this this kind of i you know sometimes i'm, I'm not sure whether they're joking about whether so because like i don't know if these guys are married or what they're actually like doing this stuff where it's like to me it always felt like it was just always a joke like well they weren't really doing any of this stuff but who knows what's going on backstage but uh you know um so yeah i just i just if you take it too seriously then I, there's nothing I can do for you. You know what I'm saying? This is not, like I said, you know, it's like, well, but at the same misogyny's time, misogyny's fun. I'm but, not saying it's not, but at the same time, like Stephen Colbert still has a message. He may be funny, but there's still a message. It may be embedded. It may be coded as far as what his character is concerned. You know, so what, what, what are we taking away from, uh, from steel Panther? I, th- I still think that if something's out there like that, you're going to, you're going to get something from it one way or another. So are we supposed to take away that this is just, was a dumb era of metal. Let's have fun with it, and uh, and hopefully we can find a glory hole somewhere. Or are we? I mean, what what, what is you know? To me, that's like what what's the takeaway? We, what are we getting out of it? Nothing that you're. You know, I'm saying you're. It's just fun. You're you're overthinking. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like I, I'm no seriously. This is something that actually really bothers me now is that because everyone has a voice right now. Everyone has you know. You guys have a podcast. I have a blog. Everyone has their social media. That now everyone's a critic. Everyone's Roger Ebert, Gene Siskel, thumbs up, two thumbs up, and you get three Yelp stars. Like everyone is rating everything, and we're just so we pick everything apart. We can't just like some shit. Just can't just be good enough, and that's it. It has to be like examined and and toiled over, and just and then we 
we criticize the critics and criticize the critics of the critics who criticize. It's like, it's yeah, those critics suck. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's just, I think, I think it's this thing where we're, we're like, Hey, I know fun music. I listen to weird Al Yankovic. So I, <laughs> I, know I do. Hey, Amen. Number one on the billboard charts. <laughs> weird Al. All right. I got one. Number one. I, I think that I think there's total validity to just, you know, shutting off your brain and it being fun. But, I just, I, I guess my whole thing with, with Steel Panther is that it never, the albums and the videos to me never communicate that they, that they are even aware of what it is that they're doing as far as the misogyny is concerned. I think that they're amping it up and they think that they're lampooning it, but there's a, there's a lack of self-awareness on that side of what they're doing that to me just doesn't come through. But I think that's what Doc is saying is that if you haven't seen them live, you're not going to get where that actually comes through. Like if you see their live performance, that's where that sort of actually happens. You know, yeah, but I, yeah, but I think I think like I said, I think they're in many ways comedians almost before they're musicians. Like, like you ever see, like Satchel, the guitar player, even when he's doing guitar lessons online, it's funny. Like that comes first. If they do interviews, it's always yeah, about, the interviews are always funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's always about, but it is a character. But it's like when I see the live footage, they've got women on stage taking off their tops. It's no different than going to a hair right. rock band when they used to have the camera on the audience between bands and just trying to get the women to take their tops off, you know? And it was the same thing. Hey, um, hey, uh, buddy. Be awesome, you by problem, the way. Do you have a problem with titties being out? I don't have a problem with that. No, that's, that's why I just that's said that was awesome. <laughs> right. Why are you about good shit? But it's misogynistic. Well, how's it misogynistic? What you got? Like to me, a woman take you know taking her top off because she's hanging out and having fun. Liberating is like, how is that misogynistic? I oh, I I, th- I don't think there would I would have any problem with it if the camera then would swing to a dude who would then drop his pants and you know start whipping his dick around. You just need to no, see more dick, dick in your life. Is that no, I, I'm not saying that's what I would like. I'm just saying that that seems fair. A titty don't equal a, a dick, all right? A titty, a, a, I, I get nipple for a nipple, all right? That's how we roll. All right? A you almost made me choke on that one. Uh, you almost made me up. Oh, okay. Well, this is interesting. Right before Valentine's Day, we've we, we've established that Doc Coyle is a sexist, misogynistic. No, a titty doesn't equal a dick. That's the takeaway. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right, titty for titty, nipple for nipple. All right, that's all right. I got one chesticle for a breasticle. Uh, see you there. Boom. That I think that's the entire takeaway out of this one, man. Uh, I'm dude. willing to be convinced that they're in on it. I I, I just haven't seen it yet. So, how's your horse? My horse. Every white knight needs a horse, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Love it. Uh, thank you, dude. We appreciate you rejecting our sickness Thanks, on Doc. Steel Panther uh, once again, man. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day.
Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, yeah. I love Doc Coil. I do. Does that I, count? I really do. It does count. I think it. I think that works. Okay, good. You gonna send him a Valentine's Day? No, because I think Valentine's. I, I think my card would get lost in the stack of attractive women who are probably sending him Valentine's. He's a good-looking man. I, I'm not. Afra- I'm not afraid to say it. You he know? does need I'm to really do not. more gym selfies. That would be nice. <laughs> Is that what we need? That's that's what we need. After after I, after not- after admitting that you needed to see more dick in your porn, <laughs> I don't know if you need to talk about Doc Coil and how many selfies you want. I'm to just take. saying I'm not rejecting <laughs> gym selfies from Doc Coil. Oh, good times, dude. Ah, it's been a jam-packed episode this week, man. Oh, so thanks to y'all, uh, Levy, for uh, starting off our One Minute to Midnight episode. Awesome. And can I say one thing? I'm sorry, I know we were going through the review, but like, if you missed last week's episode, I thought that like the the interview we did with Max and Gloria Cavalera, uh-huh. there is nothing more Valentine's ready. They are the greatest love story in the history of. That's metal. true. We probably could have held that for this week, but you know, it's all good. But you know, I just, I just wanted to say because I'm not sure, you know, because we weren't up on Monday, yeah. some people might have missed it. Go back. And if you're subscribed to iTunes and all that stuff, you can always get all the old episodes. Uh, they they pull them up. I mean, somebody's told me that they're having some trouble, like some old, old, old episodes. But I think we had some trouble, like in the beginning when we first started on iTunes or whatever. But just search Metal Sucks Podcast on iTunes. You can find it and uh, you can get all the old episodes. You can also uh, find them way. on the website if you click the Metal Sucks Podcast in the banner. Yeah, on the tab or yeah. up at the top, there's a podcast link up there where you can get to everything uh, podcast related. Because we're well. like in 80 some odd episodes now. Uh, oh, yeah. Aren't we? We have. Yeah. We're, 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 we're approaching 90 now at this point. Well, we're, we're approaching 100. We're going to have to do some for the 100th episode. What? No, that's not 104. That's that, that's two years. Yeah, I know, but yeah. 100 is a nice round number. Yeah, that's true. What are I, we, we going to do for that? I don't have no idea, dude. All right, yeah. I'll get the brains going. I'll have to start thinking about something. I'll have to have somebody do a podcast with us. Or, yeah. Oh, wait. We uh, we do that every week, don't we? <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. All right. Well, we got to wrap this thing up, dude. Let's see. Uh, all this, all the, you know, we talked about iTunes. We Stitcher Radio. Uh, you can uh, find us on Monday at MetalSucks.net most of the time. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. So if you want to follow us and uh, all that stuff, you can do that. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. And you've got a Spotify thing as well. Yeah, you find me there. You can get it on your phone now. You can get what on your phone? But you don't even need to subscribe. You can have Spotify on your phone. You can? Yeah. I thought you had to subscribe for that. That's, that they just changed that. Oh. Pretty kick ass. You can like get on my get one of my playlists, like my 2014 favorite albums. I might and have to go boom, back. Boom, you can listen to it in your car. That was like the big thing. I was like, I'm not paying ten bucks for this shit. Exactly. So all right, all right. Yeah. I might have to actually check that out. Maybe I'll do a Spotify playlist. There you go. <gasps> what the fuck? Yeah. I'll become um I'll become modern. <laughs> can I burn that to vinyl? I don't know. <laughs> all right, we're wrap it up and get the hell out of here. Thanks to y'all Levy. Thanks to Doc Coil. And uh, thanks to all of you for uh, contributing your great calls this week. Yeah, thank you, podcast. guys. It was awesome. Thank thanks. you, Chuck. Oh, thank you, God. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs>